We'll bring the moment back. Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with my friends Dan and Dran and Drawlin, as usual. Dan and Colin, <laughs> what's up, guys? What's going on uh, this week? How we feeling? Uh, I have my vocal capacities in place, so I think I uh, I can I can speak on this. You can say words. Congratulations, yeah, can, I, I, Dan. <laughs> what's going on today with you, man? I'm doing good. I, I'm glad to find out that Colin can speak because uh, that's an important part of being a podcast host. So, so we got that going and, and full speed ahead. Totally agree. And just remember, guys, please hit that subscribe button and please follow Big Blue United on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And today we are joined by our new friend Steph at Steph Smalls with three L's on, L. on Instagram and Twitter. Steph, what's going on? Thanks for joining us tonight. Not much. I'm so pumped, guys. Right on. And Steph is a contributor to uh, Giants Rush and the founder of Join Our Circle, uh, which is a new new fantasy uh, venture she's going into. So, Steph, thanks for coming on. The first thing I want to ask, being on Giants Rush, is Lawrence Tynes as a beautiful person as we all think he is? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Inside and out. (laughs) Inside and out? Inside and out. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, He he can go a little off the rails sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen him on Twitter, and I love it. So, like, you know... (laughs) Here, here's my question. Well, okay, go. If, if we were to see Lawrence Tynes in the street, would he respond to us calling him Larry? Because I, I want. I was just Larry. about to ask that. <laughs> I, of course. That is good. That's a good question. All right. I don't know. In my heart, he's a Larry. It's, it's yeah, just a... he is a Larry. Right. I feel like he might. He might be one of those guys. He might be like our friend Lawrence, who doesn't like that at all, which is unfortunate because I feel like that's a. It's a name of it's a term of endearment. Oh, it's Larry, my my boy. You know. Yeah, but when you're like a famous like athlete, it's way cooler to call someone Larry than just like your friend. That... Daniel Jones isn't Danny Jones, is he? Well, Daniel Jones isn't cool. <laughs> Danny Dimes. I mean, that's a nickname. I wonder if he likes being called Danny. So I've always wondered this. Like, do we think he actually appreciates the Danny, or does it really annoy him? Because everyone so, just decided that. I mean, I wonder, Dan, as a as a Daniel yourself, what what do you appreciate the most? Um, I always liked Danny. That was like my thing in my family. I was Danny, everything. But at some point you get older and you introduce yourself and then it just becomes Dan. But I think the Daniel thing is a Southern thing. All the, these dudes down South go by like yeah. their full name. It's like, instead of John, it's Jonathan or instead of Michael, this is Michael. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's a very Southern thing. Like, Oh, hi, I'm Daniel. Like to me, I'd never say that. As a person with two letters as their first name to quantify two whole names, I disagree with it all completely. <laughs> it's not in the right Don't like it. It's too stuffy. Yeah. Agreed. So, Steph, uh, it's cool to have you on. So, like, how did you get into being a Giants fan? Tell us a little about that. I never get this question. This is awesome. Um, so, I'm so excited. My mom is a huge football fan. So, my uncle played football in high school she kind of got into it with my grandpa and yeah so growing up it was I have a younger brother and that was our thing it was Sundays were gravy and meatballs and football so I just grew up that way and I loved it I mean the Giants was just how I was raised born and raised Giants fan I'm from Connecticut so obviously remotely around the area and that's what happened hell yeah that's a beautiful thing. I mean, a family thing is usually what happens, except you're, when you're in my case, when uh, your dad's a Jets fan and then you root for the opposing team and then eventually meet Colin and become a Giants fan. So- <laughs> I have some, and, and, family, and, members, I have some nope. family members that are, are Dolphins fans, which is so random. Dolphins or Giants is really all we have. Interesting. interesting. I, I have a Dolphins fan in my family too. It, it, I yeah. think it, ha- you know, if, are, if they're like in their peak in the 80s, then being a yeah. Dolphins fan isn't that crazy. Right. Right. And then also growing up, it was awesome because so we won the first Super Bowl when I was like going into high school or a freshman in high school. And then I won again once I was a or they won. I always say we. I feel so bad when I do no, no, that. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you did it's it, fine. too. You are part of it. You you <laughs> helped that happen. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Like I'm suiting up to like play the Super Bowl. But yeah, so then we won again. <laughs> so we won again when I was a freshman at University of Arizona. So when I watched the game, I watched it by myself on like my 18 inch TV <laughs> in my Eli Manning jersey on my dorm bedroom, like sobbing my eyes out. So excited. So it was, it was cool growing up and also watching them be the team that they were. Eli Manning. It was, it was awesome. Plexco Burris is like one of my favorite. Oh yeah. I love Plex, man. 
Oh, oh that's that's cool. See, so, so none of us got the opportunity to go to a college like a big football, like a big football yeah. school. What is that like atmosphere like at Arizona on game day? It's got to be amazing, I would imagine. Oh, it's right? awesome. So I was there when Nick Foles was the quarterback. He left right ah. after my freshman year. So we were still doing pretty good. I mean, and then we yeah. kind of really just nosedived into crappy <laughs> football. But we did good. I mean, I was also there when they were in the Final Four as a basketball team. So yeah, it cool. was very cool. The energy, like, that was my thing. I was up at 7 a.m. ready to go. Um, nice. It was awesome. Very doing cool. it right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Bear down. <laughs> so, so tell us a little more like about your giants do you have like a favorite moment or like a favorite player or something that, that you want to want to let us know about in, in the history of your fandom there yeah I mean I kind of mentioned before Plexico Burris was like my dude I don't know what it was when I was growing up but I was fascinated by him rightfully so at that time uh but that was my first it's cool uh, name jersey yeah I, I also had a Plexico jersey yeah and it was my first jersey I ever got I got it for Christmas my mom has a video of it. I opened it up. I was screaming, crying, normal, like, teenage girl crap. And <laughs> because I, I, I loved him. I idolized that guy. The way he used to catch the ball, you wouldn't – how did you make that catch? Yeah. So he was, like, totally – also, I mean, I loved Michael Strahan, all those guys. That was such oh, a well, – those, yeah, yeah. those were good times. Brandon yeah. Jacobs, yeah. OC. Oof. That was the best. Plex was like a like a wide receiver superhero build, just like how like uh-huh. long and lanky and like he seemed like yeah. he was like gluey hands and yeah. he like was fast, but it never looked like he was moving quickly. Right, and you never like, thought he was going to fully catch it. It was always like, oh my god, and you you didn't really know if he was going to actually get it, and then yeah. he did. It's like bizarre. Totally unique player. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would love to have him catching a ball for me, but in terms of firearm training, not not quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> cheap joke. Yeah. yeah, that was a cheap joke, whatever. whatever. Yeah. He really, really did himself there. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. I, I remember that season and the Giants. And I, I know I mentioned this in the previous pod, but the Giants were crushing it, and they were the best team in the NFL. They were and so then, good. And then, and then Plaxico makes that bonehead mistake, and then, yeah, we saw what happened at the end of that year. But, yeah. you know, I, I also love Plaxico. He was my favorite player on the Giants for a long time. One of my favorite moments in Giants history is him catching that ball to win that Super Bowl. And, and I, you know, when you see a player really realize the culmination of his career, which I think you saw in his face, and when he dropped to a knee on the ground there, like, that's, that's it, it touches your heart a little bit. And I, yeah. I love that, you know. Yeah. I yeah, like not players to... that play with heart, too. So that's something that I've always really preached about. And it's nice. I mean, going for it in this season, I think we're starting to see that culture come back, which is something I feel like we've been missing for a little bit. And that's that was my biggest thing. People could say whatever they want, but our franchise, these players are so dis- – they're, they're good people, and they're loyal to the team and the franchise and just – I don't know. There's something about that that I love. They really love the game of football. They love their team. They love their city. And those players, like, they definitely really drilled that home. Yeah, and we've been missing it for a long time, it seems. It's been a bunch of uh, empty coats for 10 years, It's you know, or not 10 years, but, like, by and large. OBJ nope. came in and kind of disrupted it even more when it was already a little disrupted. It was... Uh-oh. 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 Look at Dan, Dan, Dan's head's going to blow up. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. What did no, I mean? we, we, we want you to have a contentious opinion. That's a oh, good thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Dan, Dan's, Dan's a big Cleveland fan. No, he's a big OBJ fan. We said that last week. We're not a fan of other teams. We're a fan of other players. Right. But right. Guys, I got to go. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I'll leave you there. it's amazing how odell beckham like really stratifies and and divides giant fandom like people that are on the same page were basically like 99 percent of whatever the giants do like there's a stark difference there's like 50 50 or with the fact that he was a like are we missing that position or what well the thing that about odell beckham was is he was like a amazing talent and top one or two wide receivers in the in in franchise history and as a Giants fan we never had like a just like dominant like skill at like uh, offensive athlete really like we've had yeah. good players like Tiki was good yeah and, Tiki was yeah. it probably you know, if you'd want to compare, compare I guess but that's a running back too we never had like yeah. the wide receiver like Hakeem Nix was like great for like eight Hakeem, that's what I was gonna say so he um, actually has he caught like the most passes from Eli in his entire uh career did you guys know that I heard that the other day I was like blown away I, I love Akeem Nix. I love Akeem Nix. And I love it's, it's just in a history of 
pass catchers that Eli Manning threw the ball to that never did anything after they left the team. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of those of people, by the yeah. way. If you That's really my favorite look at thing. it, Steve people Smith. say Eli Manning wasn't great, but he made a lot of people great. If, if he's not good, he made a lot of people good. I don't know. Well, also disappointing a lot of people himself a lot at the same time, which is just kind of bizarre. I don't know how that was possible. It's but the Giants it. way, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Nothing's normal hit. here. Nothing comes easy, that's for sure. Any problems with Eli Manning? At least I don't. I don't know. No. So, so Steph, the one other question I want to ask you, at, like being a female Giants fan, have you ever, like, and I know you said that your mom was a big Giants fan, so that's another thing maybe you could bring into there. Have you ever felt any stigma about being like a, like a female who like is this hardcore into a team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, I kind of fell into this a little bit because I'm in school right now and I just, I mean, I re-downloaded my Twitter because I was bored with quarantine um, probably in August. And I think I said something once I started getting a couple followers, whatever. I'm a little bit on the obnoxious on his side. So I think people <laughs> kind of got into that. And I mean, when I first started out and I didn't have that many followers, I was definitely getting tons of comments about like you, you wouldn't even know what was going on in the, the, on like the field. If blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? Cause I promise you I'll call a game better. Than you. Okay. <laughs> so listen, but yeah, it's been tough. I mean, I think that even still now it's, I'm getting used to not feeling like I have to prove myself um, because it's a boys club, right? I mean, that's what it is. And I'm just a chick in a boys club, but it's, I think it's good though, because sports is something I think for a little bit, because I never had female friends that were really into sports for me being able to finally like express the fact that I'm a football freak and uh, I want to like talk about football every 20 seconds. It's, it's been nice, especially because I think that football can come off very intimidating for females. And I think it's because it's all these numbers and these plays, but it doesn't have to be that serious. You can take a sport objectively. You don't have to look at you don't have to know what a blitz is. You don't have to know what the PFF score of blah, blah, blah is, but you can still enjoy the game. So I try to take that. I mean, I've, I've said it a bunch of times, like, I don't care about numbers, whatever. I kind of care, but, but <laughs> more like, it's more that I don't want it to be an intimidating thing because especially in the world we live in now, it's nice that we actually got a football season and we can all at least enjoy one thing together. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. And I'm, I'm like, I'm really happy there's like, female refs and now there's female coaches like i i feel like it just should be accessible to everybody i hate the stigmas i hate all that like you know i i've i own a bar i've been working at bars for years i've worked with plenty of plenty of female or i hate to say that word plenty of women i should say um who loves love sports and love to talk about sports and love watching sports and i hate all the stigmas around it so i'm glad there's like right. people at you people yeah. like you out there with like a lot of twitter following like that people want to listen to and stuff like that i think it's a really positive yeah. thing yeah for, it's, it's mostly like dudes right fandom. it's like guys like us that like that you find out like a girl really likes some team that you also like and then you there's like something that like douchey guys want to like challenge them like oh yeah you really into that like well, what do you think of this like deep cut from Man like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah it's so stupid <laughs> it's very funny it's very funny because i try to keep it kind of i don't try to be like super into like involved in my tweets with like all of my knowledge in one tweet so when people oh, try to challenge me i'm like don't worry i have more that was, yeah, that's good. just good. what i had to say yeah. i can i can give it to you really quick if you want there's <laughs> <laughs> just it. far too many people that that are still living like it's 1955 it's just and it, and it becomes so obvious in conversations like that it's like well, what are you trying to prove yeah, for sure. And I always grew up, my mom was such a strong, independent woman. So her loving football was nothing that was weird to me. Um, mm -hmm. She, my parents got divorced and blah, blah, blah. Not to get, oh, do you guys want to hear? No, sorry. I'm like telling my daughter. <laughs> Actually, I would be the, I don't know if I should share this, but I would be the only person on this podcast whose parents didn't get divorced. But they aren't, they aren't together for other reasons. <laughs> but when I was younger, it was very, like, I grew up in a very, uh, religious town so it was very shunned upon to get divorced we got kicked out of the church blah 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 so i always grew up admiring my mom because she never stopped working she is just a baller i mean she <laughs> i i idolized the crap out of her so i think growing up and then also that was kind of my thing with my brother because we have a six-year age difference so it kind of brought us together it was really it, it it just was something like i hold near and dear to my heart because it like ties me in with my family too it's something we can all agree on which does not happen all the time. 
Of course, of course. All right, let's. Uh, I, I had an idea to sort of change it up a bit, and I, I have a, a question I want to pose to the group. Um, and this is something that that I, I think helps us identify with our favorite players and our favorite team in a, in a different way. Um, so here's the question. Um, and I, we're going to apply it to a few different Giants uh, celebrities or famous Giants of, of all time. The question is, what do you think these players wear when they go to bed? Just like on a normal night, like a Tuesday night, they're tired, end of night, they're tucking themselves in. What What is Eli Manning wearing to bed? Can, can I go first? Yes. Can, can, can... I, I've been ch- chomping at the bit for this one. I, I have some notes here because I, I thought about it a bit. Um, <laughs> can I go down the line with the players or just like one and then we'll pass it off? Whatever you want to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Go, go. Let's talk Eli. This is, let's, this let's is the Eli discussion. Man. We're just having a yeah. good time. Okay. All right. So starting with Eli, I yeah. think Eli to this day, and it's probably been a long time coming, and he still does it. He's consistent. I think he wears footy pajamas with, pa- with, with Peyton's face on them. <laughs> I think Tom Coughlin's face is on them. You know what? I, yes. That's a better answer. Yes. That's a better that answer. Better. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to keep rolling. Yeah. Uh, yeah I th- let's go. I, let's go. Wait, 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 I, I, wait. Are you going to go to a different person? Yeah. No, no. Well, or do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's, well, I have thoughts on Eli too. Okay. So, let me let's, go. let's hear your thoughts on Eli. Okay. Well, I, I think to understand how Eli is getting to bed, we got to know what he does before he gets into bed. And I think Eli likes to finish up his night. With some chocolate chip cookies and a warm glass of milk. He doesn't like it cold. He likes a warm glass of milk. It's all cozy, feeling warm and snuggly. And then he goes into bed. He keeps it casual. I think he. I think he's like a. He wears socks, but sweatpants and, and like an old t-shirt. I think that's the way Eli rolls to bed. Okay. And then he tucks his bed real tight. He's one of those guys that gets in the bed and it's super tight and he doesn't really move too much. Oh, so he's like, he's like George, George Costanza. Opposite of George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Eli wears to bed, but he definitely wears socks when he's getting intimate with his wife. That, oh, yeah. That, that we can all agree on. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a socks on guy for sure. Oh, cold toes. Yeah. I feel like he's someone that's very routine. Like in my head, their closet is just a ton of white t-shirts and it's folded perfectly and they're all stacked on top of each other and he has the same pair of PJ pants. Yeah. Like they're the PJ pants that you buy from like Kohl's. But they have like yeah. footballs on them. But he wears one white t-shirt <laughs> and the football pants. He fits right in with his t- Toyota Sequoia. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you know he got a deal on them too. There was no way that he overspent. He, spo- he sponsored those Coles pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they might actually be the duo pack where you get the t-shirt with the band. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're really saving money. I think Eli also has like a meticulously folded, uh, just like wall of mesh shorts. Just like folded really nice and tight, and he just wears like blue mesh shorts all day long. Do you think he has casual shorts and then like dressy shorts? He's got, then... he's got like docker shorts. Yeah, like, like khaki shorts. I feel like shorts. he doesn't give a fudge about anything. I feel like he'll just wear whatever <laughs> he feels like wearing. It, it doesn't really matter. His, his mom Eli. still lays out his clothes Easy for him. In the morning. He doesn't care about it. Yeah, yes. I'm sure his wife makes his outfit for him every yeah. day. And yeah. you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like they all wear the same thing to bed. Like his wife, his kids, like they're all, they're the matching. Family. They're taking like Christmas like photos every night. They brush their teeth together. Yeah, it's like a thing in their marriage. They they each have their own sink in the bathroom. All of the children and him and his wife. They're all I'm right next to each other. Are they, are they very religious? Because I bet they do a lot of missionary work with each other. No. Oh. I don't think they are. Wait, is that from? That was a confusing joke. I don't know. Yeah, that, that was a confusing joke. <laughs> I'm not supposed to make jokes like that. Podcast, but I'm, I'm feeling a rare form tonight, guys. Let's go. And you, um, and you guys were worried about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally fair. TJ did a beer tasting before this episode, so I did. I, oh, I should. I am opening a, a a craft beer bottle shop in in Brooklyn, and I did have the I did have the uh, training tonight where we did taste a couple beers before this started so i'm feeling a little randy guys <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Dan, uh, dan i thought you said beard tasting i'm like oh that's that's well, nothing when new you, when you're drinking beer, that beer like that it's, it's both <laughs> oh but i think i think the better question is what does dave gettleman wear to bed okay to completely I, I, turn the tides yes i and i i he he, he sleeps naked oh, oh god <laughs> yeah, oh, i yeah. was gonna i was gonna say I was gonna say he wears a thong with a, like a, like a Cam Newton's number on the front of it. Oh god! I think.
think that he also does a white t-shirt, but this white t-shirt has pizza grease stains. Yes. Oh, has yeah, beer yeah. all yes. over. Like, not so that his, but it has to be a little bit smaller, like, when he used to fit into it. So, it's like his belly is out kind of. <laughs> not too much. Like, the disturbing amount. And then I think he just wears boxers, but like the, um, like Hanes want, like no Fruit of the Loom. And they're like a little old kind of. Oh, there's know. holes in them for sure. Holes, yeah. There's they're, lucky boxers. Yeah. 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 Tiny whiteies with the holes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Steph. I, I think, I think uh, if anyone see Aqua Teen Hunger Force, remember that, sure. that cartoon? Remember Carl? Remember Carl? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how yes. Gettleman looks like yes. when he comes in. I love that. I love that. In, uh, that or that, oh, that dude from the. There. Paranoid Android video, that Radiohead music video with the that uh, that dude with the with the spiky speedo. I, One or the other. I, but Carl, oh mostly God, Carl. That was so long but, ago. Yeah. Speaking of Carl, <laughs> do you remember the the run of shorts that they put on YouTube during the Giants' run in 2007, where Carl would do oh, commentary yeah, on each game <laughs> run yes. into the Super Bowl? I have it's incredible. Yeah, I think it's still. It might still be out there. It's incredible we tweet it because out. He, because he's notorious for being. They're in New Jersey. He's a New yeah. Jersey guy. He's a Giants fan. He, there's random episodes where he's, I think he's wearing Zubas pants or, or, or some like Giants pants. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's worth checking out. But anyway, um, are we, oh wait, did anyone else need to talk about Gettleman? And I think, I think we want to like, hit and run on Gettleman. I don't want to think about him okay. going to bed. I think we nailed it. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, I, we really did. I'm going to need some help with Lawrence Taylor because I think there's two different Lawrence Taylors to talk about. I have there's a distinct two. idea. So you go with you go you've been leading this. Go first, Colin. I couldn't figure it out because I think the eighties Lawrence Taylor would wear something different than the now Lawrence Taylor, and I can't figure out what I know what he wears. Mm. Okay. Now no well now Lawrence Taylor wears a suit to bed. Eighties Lawrence Taylor wears <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't gonna, I wouldn't gonna, go wherever not, you're thinking. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this because skip my thoughts here because this is a PG podcast and I've already stepped over the line. <laughs> So somebody else go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say Lawrence Taylor wears whatever he's wearing all day to bed. So <laughs> the 80s, that's a members-only jacket. That's, you know, that's Now fair. it's... <laughs> I think he wears a man thong. <laughs> I think he's going to well, throw us and wear a man thong. See, that's 80s, Lawrence. What's now, Lawrence? I don't know, Colin. Do you, do you have an idea? Well, I don't know. I, I, he, he, I Should be a prison jumpsuit, him. really. I'm somehow a uh, a LinkedIn connection with him and Otis Sandals Anderson and uh, and uh, uh, somewhere Mark you got to draw the line with who you're friends with on LinkedIn. Lawrence Taylor might be hey, that line. Hey, I told you Mark Navarro <laughs> asked to connect with me. I didn't. I didn't do that. So he wanted to be friendly with Marcus me. Marcus Golden's dad follows me on Twitter. I don't know there, why. Well, there you go. Got to have him on your dad. side. <laughs> Well, which brings me to the next point, kids. Don't smoke crack. Yes, <laughs> um, if you remember the water boy. So, <laughs> this is your uh, brain on drugs. <laughs> how about how about Daniel Jones? Okay, so I, mesh, might shirts. Be a little... mesh shirts and a t-shirt. He's just a normal S- dude. See, I I think it's footy pajamas with Eli's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> I think it's also. I, I don't know why I think every boy sleeps in white tees, but. I think that he has a white tee on and he has boxers, but they have like Eli's face right in front of his junk. I think that's right. <laughs> junk is acceptable. <laughs> but I think he does not wear socks. Where Eli, I think, wears socks because I think that Daniel Jones is very groomed. Like I bet he clips his toes yeah. every night. You mm-hmm. know, like I think Moisturizes. he trims up his beard, kind of washes his face, you know? Yeah. He's like yeah. one of those. I feel like that's an important distinction to make between wearing socks when you go to bed and not wearing socks when sure. you go to bed. Like, yeah, for 100%. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust anyone that wears socks to go to bed. No offense to any of you guys that do. And uh, I think what we're getting <laughs> to, I think the last thing we need to do is, our, is, is Graham Gano. And what he wears to bed is like a robe made of diamonds and a crown. <laughs> yes. Socks, <laughs> socks made of angel dust. Uh, not the drug, but like from heaven. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's get this straight. Handmade from heaven. Yeah. The, Jesus, Jesus came down and presented him these angel socks that he wears. So that he can kick, he can never miss a field goal, and that's the, you know. Well, he can get COVID. It's <laughs> true. Yes, yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. he can. That's yes, true. He can. That's true. But rec- recover from it quickly and play in the next game. 
Fingers well, crossed. speaking <laughs> speaking of recovering from it quickly, Riley Dixon is also on this uh, conversation of what he would wear to bed, and I, I feel like they have matching angel dust wear. <laughs> I think they both. I think they both sleep shirtless. Yeah, for sure. Shirtless vibe from Dana. I don't know but, something about him. Shirtless guy. But I think they. I think they wear the cleats that they wear game day to sleep. Mm. Uh, for sure. Sure. They just surround themselves in excellence all day. So, and all night. Yeah, all day. literally, literally surround themselves in excellence. They I make agree. their wives sleep in another room, kind of. Actually, like, it's like you cannot be in here. This is a serious time. You, you don't belong and I around me. Because I'm a girl. <laughs> wait, wait. So, are, are you saying that they don't like to kick it with their wives? No, they do during the day, but nighttime is part of their training. You know, basically sleep. You need a good night's sleep if you're going to perform at the level that they do. They meditate. They listen to a tape of someone that is telling, just saying, kick the ball, kick the ball. Or just, I don't know what they say. They actually but listen to the same uh, Tibetan monk hymns that I listen to before watching a game when I center my tape. <laughs> yeah. You sent them to them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay, is okay, the connection, yeah. We actually might do a, a full-length album of Tibetan uh, Gregorian. It's it's a mix. It's a it's a hybrid uh, Tibetan album monk, that we're going to do. <laughs> Tibetan to, 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 chimes to ke- to keep you motivated for game day. We got one. We got one view on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys are being serious because I have a Tibetan. Uh, what's the bowl? The song, the sing. Oh, the thing where you. Oh, yeah, the singing bowls. Oh, that's super cool. I love those things. I don't know what I. Not that I really use it quite often, but it's pretty. It's it's an interesting. uh, Sounds good for a little thing you got there. That's cool. Um, Ambiance. Anyway, um, I think we have to talk about football now. (laughs) Why don't we talk about something that actually like is of relevance for this week? Which which might be relevant. So you know, uh, Mark Colombo was fired by the Giants this week, or by Judge, I should say, rather. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of implications here. I know we've heard two separate stories, like, kind of involved with this, where one being that Columbo was at fault and one being where Judge was at fault. I, I, I see a lot of people saying that Judge is coming into the Giants being, like, a really pretentious coach. I don't really know how to feel about that sort of report as opposed to the other one where Columbo was sort of not accepting him, sort of coming down on him for being his boss. And, I mean... If Colombo doesn't want to concede to Judge, you know, correcting Nick Gates, you know, Nick Gates hasn't played well this year. So if Judge wants to come in and, and tell Nick Gates how to play or what technique to use, and Colombo wants to fight him for it, I mean, if that's a contributing factor or when Andrew Thomas is upset because Colombo, you know, Judge is, is p- pointing him out in a meeting to be particular about his technique and Colombo is trying to defend his bad play, I don't, I don't see that how that makes sense either. So if we want to look at numbers here, the last game against the Eagles, I know we said that the, the, the younger guys were looking better. The offensive line was looking better. Sure, it's looking better as overall, but the young guys are not playing better. So Thomas had four pressures, two QB hits, gave him a sack. Shane Lemieux, six pressures, four QB hurries, gave him a sack. Low, he had the lowest PFF grade you can have as an offensive lineman. Matt Pert had five passing downs where he was in, on the field and led up two pressures in the QB hit. So Colombo was not bringing these young guys along the way they were. And in my opinion, if Judge, I like Judge. If he wants to move on from him, I like it. Um, what do you guys think, Dan? Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Like, you know, they, they definitely didn't come to blows like it was reported initially. Um, but if there's this much friction, if Colombo is getting on edge because we're bringing in, you know, uh, a consultant from the Patriots, uh, Paisan, Steph, uh, some some more Italian blood in the in the locker room, which I'm always for, and, uh, <laughs> Dave. De Guillermo, um, then you know that's a problem. You're, you're the offensive line coach. You should be confident in what you're doing. Um, so, you know, who we're never going to know who's teaching what technique and how it's going and who's responsive. But um, needless to say, we were expecting much more from the offensive line earlier on in the season than we were getting out of them. And if and if judges' tweaks were the the direct reason for the uptick in improvement. Then, then I'm not worried from a performance standpoint. Um, and if it comes down to so, that sort of insubordination, then you got to get rid of them and, and set the tone. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a job. At the end of the day, it's a billion dollar business. Guys are making millions of dollars a year. If you know, when I when I used to have a boss, if I would fight with my boss, maybe they would appreciate it. If if I went too far, you don't work there anymore. That's just how how this works. You know, I mean, Colin, what do you think? Uh, 
Well, I, I mean, uh, the, the multiple articles that we passed back and forth and we were, you know, Dan, you sent the one that was the the other view of, of Judge being kind of more of a uh, a detriment to the whole situation. I, I, I you know, it, you'd think it's a little of both, but I, I don't think you got to have a little a level of arrogance, I guess. Like uh, you're a head coach. You have to set the tone. Uh, if you have someone who is your subordinate undermining you with an earshot of your players, that's just – that's the worst thing regardless. You take that and you make it a personal conversation off to the side. You don't start yelling regardless of if, if you're a, a player's coach or whatever. I don't care if the players feel like they're confused and they don't they don't know where, oh, I, this new coach is going to come in. I don't know. You, you haven't been doing that great up to this point. It can only get better. So I'm – Totally all right with this change now, especially during the bye week. It would be a little different if it was going into another game, obviously. They have a little more time to, to work him in. If it's true that he was being brought on as a consultant and not a direct replacement, and it just so happens that it works out this way, well, then great. I, hey, he, he coached the line in 2007, and we won the Super Bowl that year. Not saying that we're going to do that now. But Argu- arguably, he, he coached up the best offensive line in Giants history. Arguably. Yeah, exactly. And Judge also wanted him initially, so I'm not really surprised. I also am someone that my biggest – I wanted Kalimbo gone after week four because (laughs) I – for three reasons. One, Hernandez looked like a totally different player. Yeah. Andrew Thomas looked like a clown. I don't know what was going on. He – I mean, last week was the first week that I saw him not fall on his face at least. Uh, The two of them were just tripping over each other. It just – it had to be coaching. It just, there was no way that he was taking professional football players and making them look like that on the line. It was crazy. That's been, that's been our biggest, in my opinion, that's been our biggest downfall is that freaking line because they're getting Danny there. It's, it, it, it just is a mess. They're, they were, fall, they were literally falling on their face. Like it's like Sam Darnold's ghost is tripping them. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. They're bad. Like, and, and, and they're not – he wasn't developing the rookies. You know, you have Zeitler and whatever. Zeitler is a, is a good offensive lineman. That's fine. Right. And but why like, is it that, that Per is looks the best but is not playing as much on the line, which means I'm sure he's not getting the most attention at practice, which makes me think that they're focusing on – don't even get me started on Fleming because I'll talk all day. But mm-hmm. it's, it's no, no, please, let us know really how you feel. Like, Kim, I mean, like, Fleming, Hernandez – and Andrew Thomas looked so horrific. And then, so now we're saying that Judge, let's say, so this is the, the thing that Judge came in and he coached them one practice. If that's the case, I, do I believe it? Kind of, because you don't go from not knowing how to block to being able to block. And that's exactly what we kind of saw in the Eagles. I don't think they played great. I think people are gassing them a little too much. Agreed. Our O-line is not, does, didn't look great let's let's be easy with the word great they they looked much better but that's not saying yeah. much they looked like a hot mess so i think that you don't go from looking like that in the games past to what we saw against the the eagle so i think that i mean i'm i'm pumped for it even you know what these kids need to stack up if they you just get used to a new coach it's not a big deal you'll be fine everyone will be fine so there might be a learning curve we might see things I, i'm a little nervous that we it might I don't think against the Bengals, but maybe moving I mean, forward, you might see there's a learning curve, and they're not going to can't get much worse. You know? Exactly, that's, that's my <laughs> well, point. That's the exactly, thing. they're pretty the bad. Way- they suck. They suck. They're terrible. But Colombo got nothing out of them. I mean, if the only the only thing you're worried about with Diguero is like, how do you say his name? Dig the Guglielmo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's definitely right, TJ. That's yeah, definitely I'm sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're Italian, Dan. Tell me how to say it. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I uh, learn it de, de, uh, de Guglielmo? It's definitely not Googly. Like, the the second G is silent. It's he's been around for a while. Like, he, he's coached good offensive lines. We just said he like was there in the Super Bowl season when the Giants had what I think was the best line ever. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Like, Remember the- my inside guy in the office? <laughs> my, my guy? I, I, just, I just got – he just texted me. He told oh, me yeah. what happened. He said that Colombo, before games, was pumping Free Rain, his metal band, to try to get the team pumped up. Is he in a metal band? Went... Uh, yeah, so, so, TJ, you do remember this. When he was with the Cowboys as a, a starting, what was he, left or right tackle? I think it was a right tackle. He uh, had a metal band with, I think, a bunch of other linemen. linemen. Yeah. And <laughs> it's were... garbage. 
It's yeah. like, so he's like new metal. He, it's called free falls, reign. He falls into a management management perspective where he's trying to be too much too friendly with his staff instead of being their boss. Which well, is he what thinks he's a cool like. guy. I get cool yeah. guy yeah. vibes from him. Like uh-huh. I know that the second and you know what that wasn't that was such a Mara freaking hire that I just think he walked in there like he owned the place. He he doesn't he's not as devoted. So what judge has and what Graham has. And what I think we're going to see out of the new coach, I'm not even going to try and say his name. Um, but I think that they teach in like a more, it's old school, but not really. It's just more disciplined. And I think that yeah. Columbo didn't have that. But guess what? You can't have a young old line and, and, and be like that. You have to be disciplined because they need, they need it. Yeah. To be fair, though, if you're Mark Columbo, you're not only a professional football player and in an awesome metal band, but you're also six foot eight. Like who's telling that guy anything? He's six yeah. foot eight. Yeah, he used to be an offensive. He's like lineman. the Undertaker. What? Guy, guy. <laughs> he he's just lived a different life than than you or I could ever understand. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, you know, um, I think like this this situation is weird to me. I don't I don't like I just the only thing I really worry about is like, you know, giving these young guys a new coach halfway through the year. It makes me a little bit nervous about it. I mean, not ultimately, but maybe in the future. And I think that brings me to, to my worries about, you know, Garrett's future being tied to Columbo, too. Obviously, they work together a lot in Dallas. Um, I don't really think Garrett's been great. Um, I think he's been acceptable at most. But I worry that, like, putting people in a new situation quickly, one after the other, like Daniel Jones, if Garrett gets fired, Daniel Jones is his third offensive system in three years. I don't find that progressive or smart for a young guy like them. So, I mean, Dan, or I'd rather, Steph, what do you feel about Jason Garrett's future and on the Giants team here? So here's my thing with Jason Garrett is that his play calling last week, there is a 0% chance, I will bet my own life savings on it, which is not much, that judge had a very big hand in that planning because there wasn't a single Ingram reverse Ingram only got targeted a few times we're seeing first second drive there's multiple people getting involved whenever I see multiple people getting involved I know for sure it's judge because this guy's looking at the future he says it all the time I don't care about the standings we're growing as a team growing as a team so I think that that really tells me that judge is kind of He's like, all right, I tried to, I tried to give you guys, let you guys coach, do your own thing. It didn't work. We're not doing that anymore because last week was a totally different football team than I personally think we've seen the entire season. So I think that it's hard. I in like, in my gut, I want to see Garrett gone. I think that that was a horrible hire. I was mad. I think that was a mayor hire as well. I don't think that that, I think those two came in as a package deal almost. Yeah. And, but in, for Danny, it's like, I don't want him to have another, another, another coach. So I think that I've eased up on Garrett a little bit now that the O-line is starting to perform. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. I think Judge is smart enough to not get rid of him though. Unless, unless Garrett does something, because obviously we saw what happened and he's like, hit the door. So, I mean, do I love what Garrett's been doing? Not really. Last week though. He played a good he, – he called a good game. First, second, third, and fourth. Usually we see first, second, and then it just goes – Yeah. And then, then he turns into – then he turns into Gilbride all, all yeah. out of nowhere. No, and and I, think like, Dan, I think Dan has made this point a lot of times that you just made is that when, when they follow the game plan that Garrett has made before, they, they execute it well. And then when they face adversity to that game plan, then it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think they're starting to accept what their weaknesses are too. Because we mm-hmm. saw Andrew only got three targets last week for like – 14 yards, 15 yards or something crazy. So I think they're noticing what the weakness is and cut, trying to focus on what they, what talent they really do have, which is like Gallman. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Gallman, uh, man. I've been Wayne. seeing this for weeks. <laughs> well, I, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful development that has been. I mean, he was so mediocre for the last four years. And then all of a sudden he looks like he's, I said it last week, he's shot out of a cannon. It's incredible. I, I, I don't, I, to go back to Garrett for, for a second, what the most frustrating thing I feel about him is that he has these flashes where, like, the play call is just incredible. And then, then you go for 15 minutes of mediocrity. And then it's incredible. Why can't it be incredible all the time? It's like he's outsmarting himself or something. I don't even know. I think it's 
he's just not a very good offensive coordinator. And and I, I get these arguments and the, the, the point of consistency for Daniel Jones, but it's sort of a, a similar viewpoint I have to the offensive line. Like Daniel Jones has moments where he's good, but overall he's not that good. So I don't think removing someone like Jason Garrett and replacing him with someone else is going to be that detrimental to his development. If, if anything, Daniel Jones is a smart player and even killed. I think he can, you know, and if he's going to be a franchise quarterback, he should be able to handle some coach juggling. And uh, I don't think that they mesh very well. So I don't know that it would really be that big of a deal. I don't see them having, like, I think he had a better relationship with, like, Shermer. Like, I I think Shermer would have been a better person to even put in Garrett's spot just yeah. because I, mean, I, just, I think he's do, doubting Danny. Look at, though, Garrett, Garrett has a track record, though. Like, you can't deny basically two undrafted guys that he coached into being starting quarterbacks and not just starting quarterbacks, but like upper echelon starting quarterbacks. With I don't know Romo how much Garrett Scott. had to do with that though. Yeah. I mean, like, he was their coach. I mean, yeah, but he was the head coach. He wasn't the quarterback coach or the offensive he, coordinator. He was calling plays when Romo started there. Yeah. Let's don't forget that no one wanted Garrett and we took him. Like, no one <laughs> That's wanted a good point. That's fair. Fair. That's That's fair. Fair. That's That's fair. Fair. But I think the reason coming up short that's what he's yeah. he got hired because he had a track record of developing guys he got know? hired because he was on the giants staff 20 years ago yeah that's true hired. and he it's was a, a mediocre backup move, quarterback man. you're right you're yeah right. it's a very meritish move 100%. and then we got colombo it's like a, it was a whole deal <laughs> well <laughs> get the cowboys out of the house speaking of, of offensive coordinators uh dan would you like to talk about yeah the... yeah so i mean colin touched on this last week and we were sort of talking about like what you know, our dream scenario now that, you know, we're in contention seemingly with a, a three and seven record. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if, if things go the way me and Colin <laughs> that's want. Ama- that, that's amazing to say that. I know. I just keep At three and it, seven, like, the Giants are just one game out of being in the it, playoffs. In the, the driver's seat. seat. <laughs> in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, 2020, else. baby. Oh. Um, but anyway. Anyway, so so in our dream scenario, you know, we'd have Gettleman fired. Uh, we'd 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 just get in the playoffs and make a mess. Just make a mess of it, right, guys? A huge and mess, hopefully. A huge mess. Oh God! I want to make people mad. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Just like the Giants. Uh, I don't like even like care like, if we go to the Super Bowl, I want to piss everyone. Imagine, imagine, imagine you win a game in the playoffs at like you know with five wins. Like yeah, that would, oh man, <laughs> six and ten, baby. That's why people are chirping about Judge. They're scared. Yeah. We're going to beat the Seahawks in round one. Um, (laughs) Which would be – that's turning the tables because they got in at seven and nine. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then so so we'd make a mess in the playoffs and then we get in the draft and we just make like a super prudent move and just trade down with our new GM and get all this draft equity and and reestablish the offensive line and everything. And uh, and then we – are looking to replace Jason Garrett because Joe Judge is like, I'm not doing another year of this. So, I mean, this is getting way ahead of ourselves and something that's probably not even going to happen, but there are a lot of interesting, there's going to be a lot of head coach movement and therefore there's going to be a lot of people under them that have been in their tutelage and people that are from these coaching trees being able to move around. So I was sort of looking, looking ahead and making a wish list. Um, and I don't have any, any deep Intel on these people, but, I just sort of know where they came from and who they studied under. And I, I have three names that I can just throw out there. If we want to talk about them, we can, if we don't, whatever. But I think uh, it'd be interesting to take a look at some younger people like Matt LaFleur. Um, he's uh, been with Shanahan and 49ers and he's been with Shanahan uh, since 2014. So in my opinion, Shanahan's the, the best offensive mind in the NFL right now. Um, so I would love anything that would steal concepts and philosophies from that sort of system that seems to make the most out of whatever they have. Um, and then just, just the other sort of obvious systems that you'd want to, to get, take people from Mike Kafka and the chiefs um, and, and uh, Dave Canales uh, from the Seahawks uh, who's, who's really just worked with Russell Wilson for a long time. Uh, and they have a really dynamic offense with somehow a power running game and a power passing game, um, which is really cool. So those are just like ideas that I just, started thinking about and getting excited and way ahead of myself like usual. But if you guys have any thoughts, <laughs> you know, I feel like the drafting of all those teams is better than kind of the people like running those spots. I mean, well, you know, yeah. 
anybody could have had DK Metcalf, who probably will be go down as a Hall, probably in the Hall of Fame by the end of his oh, career. Oh, that's we could have had DK monster, Metcalf. What a monster yeah. that guy is! Oh, he's an absolute I mean, monster, yeah. And then like you look at Pat, like Matt Lafleur, like I'll give him credit because he's got a like crumb at quarterback, but he's still making something happen. I, I mean, and then the passing coordinator of the Chiefs. Wow, you have the best best young dude that has come out of the draft in a very long time. Hucking the ball. It's not like about nine, that, dude. 90 yards with no effort. Like, TJ, I mean, look how creative the play calling is, yeah, the, the, exactly. the situations they put I, each other. Like, obviously, like, the I quarterbacks love, are great on those teams. Except I love for the Andy Reid coaching love Mike tree. Lef- I think he calls a beautiful game. I, Mike, Lef- yeah. I would love the 49ers games. They're beautiful. <laughs> the play calling is phenomenal. It's so I cool. Love, oh, yeah. I never even thought just, of that. Just That's unique. Well, yeah, you have to when you have. Jimmy G is your quarterback who's like, you know, I mean, listen, he's very handsome. Like, you know, I hope, I hope like if I, if I had a daughter his age, I hope he'd take her out for a date. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, in terms of being my quarterback, starting from my team, no, I, I, I don't see it. Nick, you know, AJ, who we had in the pod before, would rather, as a 49ers fan his whole life, would rather see Nick Mullins be the quarterback. So, well, I mean, but that's the whole point. He makes Nick Mullins look like a world beater. Their running game is what makes them good. Their running game, oh, their defense is what no. makes them good. TJ, they've been through six running backs. Oh, TJ, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. No, this is this year. You're really. I know you're going for it, but that's really. Uh... Have you been hanging out with Jason Garrett on the weekends? What are you guys yeah. doing? What's going on? I've been talking. Jason doesn't talk- know his team. He's yeah. he's like he's like doesn't know how to use his his pieces. He thinks I swear this guy's amnesia. He thinks he's still in Dallas. Uh, yeah. Hi, newsflash. Ingram is not Witten. Please stop. No, yeah. no. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, especially when it comes to when it comes to blocking, that's for sure. I'll tell you that. Oh, one. by the way, watching that Raiders game last night, Witten Witten was throwing blocks and he scored a touchdown. I Good forget for that he still exists. He was a terrible commentator and a, yeah, and, and, and a pretty good football today. player. I swear. You know when Michael Jordan, when uh, Dennis Rodman does that, go this way, go that way. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is this is Witten explaining his touchdown if he was still a commentator. Because he's always <laughs> using his hands. Like, <laughs> yeah. We went this way, that way. I'm telling you. They, it reminded me just of him. Oh, my gosh. I, I want to throw one more name uh, in terms of future offensive coordinator in, in the ring, too. And I, I feel like this is it, – it's a little more obvious, but I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, especially because uh, Joe Judge wanted to interview him, but he, they were blocked from doing so. Gilbert uh, Jr. No, no. Uh, uh, Brian <laughs> Brian Dable from, uh, from oh, the Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the guy right there. When you look at someone like um, – Wait, wait wh- from where? From the Bills. Oh, but he's the offensive Bills. coordinator of the Bills. He is. But so if, why if would he, he... – Okay. Yeah. I, he doesn't automatically go to a head coaching job. You know how right. like I, I sure. wanted to throw a. He would a be current... great. He would be great. He's well perceived. People love him. Yeah. Well, and the reason I wanted is... to. Yes. <laughs> he could pull people over. He pulls magic. The reason I wanted to throw him into the circle is because all the names that you you put out there, Dan, were for the future offensive coordinators. I think we needed to throw in some current offensive coordinators that could have a lateral move, especially because he's he he he's got Alabama experience. He was on the Patriots staff with Judge for like five years. They have an, uh, an affinity for each other. They know how to coach together. So That'd be sweet. Yeah. If he's just tired of Buffalo, that's the play, right? Well, Red it's either Buffalo City. or Jersey. I don't, I don't know. Uh, if, I, if, I own, if I'm the GM of the Buffalo Bills, I pay him whatever money he wants to stay there because their offense has been better wow. than it has been in 20 years. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Is 20 years appropriate? When was the last time? Yeah, I think uh, it so. could be thirty years. Now. We're one? pretty old. Yeah, okay, cool. yeah, it might be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I we we've we've hit a lot of things today, guys. I guess let's just like mention the Bengals next week, real quick. Uh, Giants. I want to mention Giants are the favorites in this game for the first time this year. Plus four, plus four point five, depending on where you look at. Uh, Joe Burrow is not playing, which as much as I I you know it makes me feel bad because I wanted to see him play because because I like him. I like to see young guys do well. Especially guys that get drafted first overall on a team that might not be like a great team. He looks like he might elevate this franchise to be something it wasn't before. Joe Mixon is good too. He's also out. I, I mean, the Giants have an easy slate looking forward. I mean, this is a must-win game for them. How do you feel about that, Steph? It's definitely a must-win game. I think the Giants, historically even, are one of those teams. Once we pick up momentum, there's really no stopping us. So, I think that this is something that the boys need for confidence. I think you could even see it last week, how excited they got. I think that a a very good 
so with Burrow being out, this is something that I'm not hearing a lot about, but I thought about it right away is, so with Xavier McKinney, with O'Sheen, with all these guys coming back, the greatest thing about this game is that we can just figure out what everyone's going to do because really it's just a practice almost. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to act that confident, but I mean, Burrow's out and God bless Finley, but the guy is going to get, he's going to get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to get destroyed. Their offensive line is not good. Take advantage of it. We're going to use it as a time to figure out how this is all going to come together. And then we're going to go to the Seahawks and then we're going to whoop their butt. Okay. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know why? Because their defense is trash, and we can actually do something against them. So the game that scares me is the Cardinals. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that's... Well, well I mean, with TJ, you're, my... you're saying this is not like a, an easy road ahead. I don't know why you said that. In my that's... mind, no, no. I, I wasn't saying it's an easy road ahead. In my mind, if the, Gi- the Giants can win against the Bengals, the Browns, and the Cowboys, they win the NFC East. Yes. Sure, the Browns is the hardest game there. I think the Cowboys, I mean, Andy Dalton, you know, they looked good. Zeke ran the ball well last this weekend. I don't see why they can't win. They don't look any better than the Giants do. I think the NFC East is just a pile of trash on fire, basically, at this point. Um, but they really have to have to beat the Bengals, and they really have to beat the, make a good, strong case against the Browns, hopefully win that game. Because if they don't beat the Browns there and they hit the Cowboys and it gets to a rough patch, it's going to be a hard situation for them to win the division. But I think, you know, anything is possible at this point. And I, I know people want to discount them playing the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Kyler Murray can't be contained and can't be dominated with a good defense. He's and also hurt. Yeah, he's hurt he? too. And you have yeah, James, he James he, Bradbury. He sprain. You have James yeah. Bradbury against Hopkins. I don't think that's a bad matchup. No, I really don't. I don't at all. I'm sorry, because Steph, what were you saying? I don't want to cut you off. Oh, no, that was it. It's just he's hurt. So I'm very interested to see what happens next week with him because that's something where if they get a hit, if they get a hold of him and he goes down again, forget it. That guy's me out. What's his injury? He has a shoulder um, sprain. He, he has oh. a strain of his uh, – I, I forget yeah. the – His many throwing calls, shoulder? But, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not great. So they're going to be running the ball a lot. He's not going to be passing. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. They're saying it's mild, which, is, as we've seen with injuries, they're full of crap this year because it's not what they're reporting is not well, then, accurate. Then, then get Blake Martinez spying him all over the place and run him down. That's all I want. Yep. I mean, he is one of the best best linebacks in the NFL the year. So, hey, guys, thanks for joining us tonight in the Big Will United podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Steph, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks, anytime. You can follow thanks, Steph guys. at Steffi Smalls with three L's. Don't forget yes. three L's. I tried Twitter. to buy Steffi Smalls with two L's. Which <laughs> <laughs> here, follow her. Here, haul her good Giants takes. And thank you for joining us tonight. We really love having you on, all right? Thanks so much. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Take care.